When was the last time I took a road trip? How many national parks could I hit in two weeks? What about hotels? Wait, hey, Erica, how much am I spending on travel? When your questions about life turn into questions about money, there's Erica, the virtual financial assistant to help you spend, save, and plan smarter. Only from Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Your chat may be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. Message and data rates and additional terms may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here's something that we've known since the dawn of bread. Everything is better sliced. Let me explain. Slice a pineapple, you get a blast of fresh fruit. Slice some jeans, get some jorts. That's why the new Captain Morgan Sliced went all in on four bold, deliciously sliced cocktail-style flavors, including pineapple daiquiri, strawberry margarita, mango mai tai, and passion fruit hurricane. Try the new Captain Morgan Sliced because sliced is better. Visit CaptainMorgan.com to find sliced near you. Does not contain real fruit or juice. Captain Morgan Sliced, premium-flavored malt beverage with natural flavor and certified color. Captain Morgan and Co. Plainfield, Illinois. Please drink responsibly. 21 plus. How is your sock drawer looking? I know when I open up mine, it is a sad scene. There's lone socks, holy socks. Well, guess what? It's spring cleaning, which means Bomba's spring collection is here and they have new garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They've got stripes and florals, all new vintage colored rib socks. I love them. They are the best sock your feet have ever been in. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bomba's. Head on over to bombas.com slash bonkers and use the code bonkers for 20% off your first purchase. That's B. O-M-B-A-S.com slash bonkers. Use the code bonkers at checkout. How do magnets work? Tips for cohabitating and a continuation of the V-D-C-U, the Vin Diesel Cinematic Universe. All this and more on today's How Did This Get Made mini episode. Hit the theme! Fast ball. Fast June, fast Jason and all of our crew. We're gonna go to fucking Mars in Eppelepin. Cause Dom's in every end. Here's your mini episode. What's up, me familia? And welcome to a How Did This Get Made mini episode. I'm your host, Tall John Shear. And boy, oh boy, we got a big episode for you. That's right. Clone Girl Summer continues. And we're going to tell you what movie we'll be watching next week. But before we get to that, you are going to tell us all the things that we might have missed from last week's episode, which of course was Fast 9 with Adam Scott. Oh, what a fun episode. Bald Men Reign Supreme. Fast 9 on VOD. Life is Good. Uh, and a big thank you to Go Home Gary for that Fast 9 How Did This Get Made mini episode theme. Thank you, Go Home Gary. That's the kind of stuff that I'm looking for, by the way. Thinking about where we are. Where's the Clone Girl Summer themes? People, this is an opportunity for you to send us a Clone Girl Summer second opinion theme. Get on it. We have two more movies left in Clone Girl Summer. Oh, maybe even three. I don't even know anymore. I've lost count. I don't know when I'm recording, when I'm not recording. I'm in a podcast wormhole, people. Is this October? Is it December? I don't know. I'm in my closet. Nothing changes. It seems like the world's back, but it's not really. Anyway, um, 
I have so much to tell you, uh, so much to tell you. But first, I want to plug uh, one of the things that I love so, so much. It is called Voyage to the Stars. Voyage to the Stars is a sci-fi comedy podcast uh, with some of your favorite people like Colton Dunn from Superstore and Janet Varney from Legends of Korra. They are awesome and they are great improvisers and they allowed me to be on their show. Um, Voyage to the Stars is wherever you get your podcasts. You will love it. You can listen to it. It is, I mean... It's sci-fi and comedy. It's what I always want. So check it out. I think you will really like it. Oh, and it's improv too. And by the way, jump onto the Discord. My Discord is discord.gg slash Paul Shear. And then we also have discord.gg slash HDTGM. On Paul Shear, we are breaking down summer movies in a very big way because that is what Unspooled is all about. Uh, this summer, we have been doing Jurassic Park, Men in Black, Back to the Future, and upcoming next week is Speed. So join in in that conversation. And... The most important thing, uh, get vaccinated. And if you have questions about vaccination, I refer you back to our special vaccination mini episode with a doctor working on the front lines in Missouri. All right, enough of my yapping. Let's hear from you because I know you have problems. Life, love, parenting, whatever it is, I'm here to help you. So Rob from Long Island, give me the theme. So next week. That's right. I am Paul Shear. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a therapist, nor do I practice what I preach, but I'm here to help you. Today, we have some amazing calls. Now, first of all, last week on the show, we talked about uh, this guy, this guy who goes to meetings and picks all the things out of his ear and every, like, it just seemed like a grosso guy, maybe somebody that you might see in a Tim Robinson sketch, uh, just a real, uh, a real, uh, I called him a grosso, I'm going to stand by that, a real grosso, how do you deal with it? And I said, you can't, you can't deal with a grosso, grossos are grossos and that's it, but I got to tell you, a lot of people called in, a lot of people called in about how to deal with grossos, dozens of calls, but this one has been my favorite one. So take a listen. Hey, Paul. Um, so I am calling in reference to another caller who called the helpline uh, who had a grosso who was grossing him out during work meetings. And he said, oh, it's just not a conversation you can have. Some people are super gross. Has anybody ever had to have that kind of conversation? Well, I am in a unique uh, position where I work with mostly recent college grads who are uh, computer programmers in their first professional job, uh, teaching them about professionalism um, and, and soft skills. I, I do a couple of other things, but that's the most relevant uh, piece of that. And I do actually have to have those conversations sometimes with people. Um, I have to tell people to change their clothes every day. Um, I have had to tell people to um, not sleep at work. I've had to tell people to wash their face and do things like that. And um, so the answer to your question is yes, some people do it. Um, the caveat is literally always awkward and I'm not sure it's ever helped anyone in most cases. 
but I try. So there are some of us out there who it is our job to try to help people who are kind of gross at work to know that what they're doing is gross. Um, but uh, I can't I can't give you numbers on a success rate for improving people's gross habits because they pretty much still keep being gross or they start being gross when they're not around me anymore. So anyway, thanks. So I guess you can have these conversations. I'm going to say to Anonymous, who just called, that you are dealing with college kids, so I feel like there is this idea where you have some authority over them. But if you had to talk to someone in your same age, would they give you that? So maybe what we're talking about here is you need someone with higher status to just lay down the law. And I got to say, I would appreciate it. I would appreciate it. Here's what I don't appreciate. Help me fix my problem. For example, if I have a problem and you say, hey, change your shirt every day, I can fix it. Tomorrow I'll change my shirt. If I have bad breath, give me a stick of gum. Like, just don't say you have bad breath because then I'm going to panic if I don't have gum on me. Like, help me out. Try to figure out a way to do it. Like, you're you're letting this in. I feel like I'm a, I'm a big believer in... Uh, and being, uh, can you be helpful without being mean? Can you be, uh, I mean, and this is really hard. I don't know. I had a friend who had terrible breath. I mean, awful, awful breath. And, uh, I could never say anything. I would never say anything. It's a hard thing to say. You know, it's going to, cause the breath was so bad that it was like, this is, this is not a mint issue. This is like a bigger, this is a bigger issue. I don't know. God bless you, Anonymous. God bless you for what you're doing. I'm glad that you got it going on. Uh, somebody told me, and I read this other one too, that you should uh, give him like uh, one of those fidget cubes. So maybe put a bunch of fidget cubes on the desk. I don't know. All right, but uh, people are out there doing the good work, and I appreciate you doing that. I, I, I still say, has anyone told anyone to stop picking at their face? That one seems to be a real hard one to communicate. Anyway, uh, on to our next call, uh, Sarah from SoCal. Hi, Paul. This is Sarah from Southern California. Um, so I am calling about uh, a possible moving in with my boyfriend and wanted to get your thoughts. So we have been together for about 10 months now. Everything is great. Uh, we are really in love. Um, and it has come to the point where both of us are tired of just being able to kind of spend the weekends at each other's places because due to our work schedule, we like can't, um, can't stay over during the week. So basically we're kind of just living in separate apartments, wishing we were together. So we have decided we want to move in together. Um, so I'm in my early 40s, but have lived alone uh, most of my adulthood since I finished college, had a couple roommates here and there, have never cohabitated with a romantic partner. So just wanted to get your um, uh, tips on anything I should kind of keep in mind heading into it, any kind of pointers on how to start us out um, on a great foot. Uh, love the show. Have really loved listening to you guys throughout the pandemic and uh, hope you're well. Thanks. Sarah, I love this. I love this call. I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. What an amazing thing. You know, you were saying all the right things, in my opinion. I mean, what do I know, right? Every relationship is different, but you've been together for almost a year and that's my big thing. I'm like, 
get about a year so you get to see the full person before you do a major step with them. And it feels like you're right on that precipice. Um, what do you need to know? Tips, tricks. I'll just say a couple of things. You're sharing your space now. It is cohabitating, which means that the way that you want things to be done isn't always going to happen the same exact way. Now, I'll also say this. Because you are cohabitating, you also need to create, if you can, if money allows it or space allows it, to create your own little areas where you can go off and that's your own domain. I think it's very important to have your own domain, whether it's a night table or it's a desk. Whatever you have, you need to create a little bit of your own domain so no one can go there, no one can touch it. I think that that's important. Um, But I would say just try to be as flexible as possible and pick the two or three things that are really important to you. Like if you are one of those people who's like, I really don't like dishes in the sink. Let that be part of the discussion in moving in. Like put it, reveal the worst parts of yourself immediately. And that's not a terrible part. It's just a, a, a thing that makes you unique, right? It's, it's, that's how you like a certain thing. And then he can reveal the things that, you know, let's pick three things each. Then you know, and then live by those things, and everything else can kind of fall by the wayside. And you can have conversations about it, but you are not uh, the mother. You are not the boss. You are not the uh, landlord. You are cohabitating. It is your shared space, so understand that you both have equal rights in this space. You might want to do certain things, and, uh, you know, keep on discussing, keep on working through it. I've been with June for a long time, like almost, gosh, 16 years now, And we have lived together for a lot of those years, a majority of those years, probably, I think probably like maybe 15 of those 16 years. And we still have issues to this day, to this day. It's okay. That's part of it. But it doesn't make me love her less. It just is how we sometimes go, how we sometimes roll. Um, All right. So it's going to happen. Things are going to pop up. Just roll with it. But pick your three and go for that. All right. Thank you guys so much for your calls. And remember Call us anytime, 619-P-A-U-L-A-S-K. That's 619-PAUL-ASK. I will be here to answer all of your questions. I did mention earlier, by the way, that if you want to send in a theme song, like a Clone Girl Summer theme song, you can do that at How Did This Get Made at Earwolf.com. Just send it to us. Make it short. Make it sweet. Make it great. You always do. We'll be right back after this. I recently went to the Telluride Comedy Festival and I was sick and tired of staying in the same kind of cookie cutter places and I went on Airbnb and I found a perfect spot for me and the family. We had an amazing time because we felt like home. Then I realized, wait a second, what if I could give that feeling to someone else? Yes! That's the best part. When you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. That's right. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who have never thought about it or didn't even realize that their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and you can make someone feel great and make a little bit of money too because we all need a little bit of money and maybe your talent or your gift to the world is having a killer place. So if you have a home, but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
Today's episode is brought to you by Cap'n Crunch. Who said the kids get to have all the breakfast fun time? Break away from the ordinary with Cap'n Crunch and bring back the spirit of adventure to your mornings. Everyday life can be stressful, but a tasty bowl of Cap'n Crunch is an escape from morning monotony. Enjoy the bold flavors like original Cap'n Crunch, Crunch Berries, Oops All Berries, and Peanut Butter. Plus, the crunch you love is now available in cinnamon, and it is delicious even in a sea of milk. The crunch of Cap'n Crunch is epic. Yes, My family is all in on the Cinnamon Cap'n Crunch. I didn't think you could make it better, but they did. I love my Cap'n Crunch, and now I love sharing it with my kids. Join the crew for your next breakfast time crunch venture. Get Cap'n Crunch's new Cinnamon Crunch now at a retailer near you. And learn more at CaptainCrunch.com. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to give you a quick heads up here. There's something we should all be doing. It's going to improve your life, make every day a little bit better, and that is... Eat more Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Yes, think about it. All the gurus, all the coaches out there, they've never said the words, eat more Reese's. I mean, that combination of sweet chocolate and salty peanut butter, I mean, this is something that brings other people and ourselves joy. That's why there's two in a pack. Shop Reese's Peanut Butter Cups now at a store near you, found wherever candy is sold, and often in my pantry, because I love these. And now it is time for Corrections and Omissions, brought to you by Blue Moon. We all get stuck in boring routines, the same movies over and over again, and that's why How Did This Get Made is here to break that routine. Why watch good movies when you can switch it up with one of the best, worst films of all time? That's right. We are breaking up your movie routine, which is why this is a Blue Moon podcast. It's a bright, refreshing Blue Moon can help you shake out of your routine the same way that we do. But theirs is actually a little bit more delicious than our show. Anyway, we, you know we only recommend the best, which is why you know that Blue Moon is the best. Uh, people, it's summertime, and Blue Moon in the summer, it's like peas in a pod. It's like Bert and Ernie. It's like Vin Diesel and baldness. They go together. So this week, we invite you to sit back, relax, and crack open a Blue Moon and enjoy this week's corrections and omissions as we call through the dozens of voicemails and hundreds of posts on how to get made's discord to find the best observations, theories, fact checks, and useless research. And we present them all to you right here. So buckle up and enjoy the ride. Mark Granger, take us home. Corrections and omissions. Can't believe they didn't talk about that. The corrections and omissions. It's a Jacob's Ladder situation, you stupid fucking That's right. Corrections and omissions. It was actually funded by a guy who won the lottery. Really? One of the first penis is so big it moves independently and he uses it to do pottery. What? <laughs> Corrections and omissions. I just want to recognize that I did say, take us home, Mark Granger, which would signify like that's the end of the show. But. I'm saying it's the beginning. Like, take us home. We're going home now to sit back, relax, and hear your thoughts about Fast 9, a movie that is flawless in science, in logic, and physics. So I'm kind of, I'm going to be a little surprised to see, you know, what you could even bring to the forefront here. Uh, First, we have a listener email from Melanie. She writes, pressing question regarding the Fast and Furious Cinematic Universe. 
Do you think they named Dominic Toretto and his father Jack after the 16th century father and son painting duo Jacopo and Domenico Tintoretto? Not only is that name combo very similar, but apparently Jacopo Tintoretto was known as El Furioso due to the speed of which he painted. Now, I did do a little fact checking here. Um, and this is all right. I'm not being punked or pranked or tricked or uh, goofed. Um, and of course, Melanie, you're writing this as an email because you're incredibly smart. You're not jumping on, uh, you know, a discord to kind of get around in the social media muck with a person like me. Uh, so I love that you are are kind of figuring out if the influence of uh, the 16th century art movement is here and Fast and Furious. And uh, you know what I'm going to do? I found out uh, that Gary S. Thompson is the writer of the first Fast and Furious film. And I am, uh, right now, I am going to tweet at him uh, exactly your question. So you can follow Gary S. Thompson. We'll see what we get. Um, All right. There we go. All right. I'm very excited. Let's see if that actually turns out. I will have an answer for you soon. Thank you for being so smart and bringing a level uh, of, uh, of education to these questions. Because you know what? We do need to understand how Fast and Furious really uh, you know, plays in the landscape of, uh, of all art ever made. All right. Let's go to the Discord. This is from Mama B. Regarding the height difference between Dom and Jacob, according to uh, a wiki, which is the only place to get all your info. Dom was born on August 29th, 1976, which would make him 13 years old in 1989. So Jacob is at most 12. Perhaps he hasn't had a growth spurt yet. This brings up some other major questions, of course, but was anyone else aware of this? Kind of crazy. Yeah. Okay. First of all, okay. Yeah. Dom is not 13 years old in those flashbacks. No 13-year-old is uh, beating a man in, uh, you know, within an inch of his life with a uh, crowbar. I just feel like that's not a 13... I mean, maybe. Maybe they are. You know what? I shouldn't make judgments like that. Maybe there are some 13-year-olds out there that are beating, uh, beating people to death. But Jacob is not 12. These, are, these kids wouldn't even be allowed in the pit at 12 and 13. 15, maybe. I don't know. All right. We got to get into this. Mama B, we get this wiki fixed, people. Uh, Droopy MCC writes, the podcast mentioned, by the way, if, if they did do it right, it would just mean that everyone in this movie is like 50 plus years old. Um, and that's not cool. Uh, Droopy MMC writes, the podcast mentioned that Dom never apologized to Jacob, but I'll add another familiar omission. Not once did Jacob utter a single word to Mia, his sister, who kept her contact with him after Dom's banishment. She has a few moments with him in the movie, but Cena just gives looks and nods to her. Doesn't, you know, even dignify his sister with an actual spoken language. Did he, like most of the audience, also forget that Mia is their sister? I forget that relation with every movie. You know, Droopy MC, I do too. I forget how she plays in. And I think part of that, unfortunately, is due to the the Paul Walker connection of it all. But yeah, she has definitely gotten sidelined in a lot of the previous films. Who knew she had this ass-kicking ability? Um, But rominating ability, not so much. Um, Yeah, that is odd that they didn't have like a real... I felt like when 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 the cars were kind of slamming into each other, there was like a moment of, hey... Thank you. Like it was like the the equivalent of a whole like a Hallmark card in a look. And sometimes when you're a great actor, you can just in a look communicate um, a page or two of dialogue. That's what I always say. Um, that's what I justify when I have a small part in a movie. I'm like I'm doing probably 50 pages of work here in these four lines. But 
Uh, you know, that's as an actor. That's, you know, a little let you know my secrets here. Corgi Herder writes, John Cena played the exact same character on the show Psych a decade ago by playing the never-before-referenced brother of a main character who happens to be a super spy with a complicated background who may or may not be on your side. First of all, Psych Alert! Uh, that's a show that I feel like I would have really loved and people really, truly love. And, uh... I don't fault John Cena. He, he's got the goods. I mean, he's got that body. John Cena's the fucking best, by the way. I, you know, if you haven't seen Suicide Squad yet, see Suicide Squad. Uh, blockers, he's hilarious. I'm all in on John Cena. I just wanted to see more of that mustache twirly big bad dude. All right, uh, let's go to the phones. We got Joe from Austin. Hey, Paul, it's uh, Joe from Austin, Texas. I was calling with the correction and omission. Um, first of all, a great episode with the Fast and the Furious Fast 9. Um, the one question that was posed at the beginning is, why did Dom decide to leave his son and go join everybody at the jet? Well, when he was looking at, uh, after Letty left, he's looking at the video again of Mr. Nobody with his SOS video, and he freezes in and he sees the cross necklace that he has. So he, he notices that it's his brother's. That's the reason that he went, at least in my opinion. All right. Love the show, man. Bye. Yes, Joe, this has been brought up uh, many a time that Dom is able to put together the cross connection. Um, and I got to say, by the way, my, my dad wears a cross probably as big as uh, Dom Toretto in these movies. I just saw it the other day. It always shocks me. It's always so big. Um, but uh, yes. As an audience, we were left in the dark. I mean, I understand. Well, I guess my issue was... <sighs> hmm. All right, so he's only going to fight. Well, why? Why? Like, I guess the answer is the same. If his brother's out there, which he knows he is, why is he going out? Like, he doesn't have to capture his brother. His brother's not a bad dude. But I guess his brother captured his friend, so he's like, well, now I had to go. So, like, if my friend was just captured but not by my brother, I wouldn't go. But if it's by my brother, then I have to go? Come on. I don't buy it. All right, let's go to our next call. Alex. Hey, Paul, this is Alex. I wanted to tell you that in the Fast 9 conversation, you guys did not talk about the fact that the truck flips over in the middle of a city, and then all of a sudden it's sliding down a hill towards a cliff. Uh, I'd love to know your thoughts on that. Anyway, thanks. Dude. Don't you know how foreign cities are built? They're all built just slightly uh, left of a cliff. It's kind of like New York if it was raised up out of the ocean and on a cliff face. Like, you know, you could be driving down the West Side Highway and then all of a sudden, cliff. Uh, yeah, that, that I mean, uh, the geography on this movie is tight. Very tight. That, that truck would have definitely... <laughs> Easily made it right out of the city lines, right around that cliff. I, you know what? The truth is, though, I don't know geography. I don't know where they were. I've forgotten where they were. It's just a place that's not downtown LA. So I'm like, you know, it, it really was a place at points and where the reckless regard of life, I, I am always wondering about this. It's like, why do we put it in this place when we don't care that we've just seen so many people die. Like, this was not a good plan. Like, they would all be arrested. They're all, by the way, they are all criminals now. They are all criminals. There's no, like, vindication. They did nothing but stop something later on. We have never yet had that, have we? Where someone, like, 
Well, I mean, I don't want to wish that on anybody that we would start having major chases around the city where like thousands of people would die, but it was all for a greater good that we would never really be let in on because the covering up of that is huge. Anyway, uh, I know nothing about geography, but I think it works out perfectly. Um, Mark from North Carolina, what do you got? Hi, Tall John. This is Mark Wampler in Durham, North Carolina. I just had something I wanted to talk about Fast 9, uh, something that I noticed in the trailer, but I couldn't really put my finger on what it was was bothering me. I finally figured it out while you were talking about it in the podcast. You were talking about the magnets, uh, both attracting and repelling these cars at a great force. Uh, they're apparently using electromagnets to do this, uh, high-powered electromagnets, that can attract metallic metal, but they can't repel it. So the scenes are the, at least the shots where they're shooting cars away from them using these magnets don't make a lick of sense in a typical physics-based universe. Granted, that's not what the FAST franchise has been, but these magnets don't work that way at all. They just don't. Anyway. Okay, a lot of people called specifically about this, but you said it the best. Uh, Yeah, magnets don't repel. Um, I know everything about magnets, like I said, from uh, the Insane Clown Posse, ICP, song about magnets. Um, I I thought there was a way... in my mind, that you could, like, reverse the polarity? Is that even the thing that you do with magnets? I don't know. I felt like there was, like, a... Like, kind of, like, lefty loose, like lefty loosey, righty-tighty, like, on a sink. Like, you could, you know, shoot it out, turn it on. But I guess that doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Uh, good point. Thank you for bringing it to our attention. And back to the Discord. Rocket Wesker writes, Mr. Nobody mentions he once ran drug trade in Central America as a CIA operative. So, was he involved in the Iran-Contra affair? <laughs> Please, please let's Forrest Gump this movie and put in Ollie North. Um, Also, he says he worked with Giselle during this time, but this means that this timeline doesn't add up. The Iran-Contra affair took place during the 80s, and Giselle would obviously be too young to be a CIA agent during that time. I mean, she's younger than Dom. Is this bad writing, or did Giselle just used to work for Mr. Nobody as a child soldier? You know what? We've already shown that age is uh, a fickle thing here. In the Fast and Furious world, uh, we have Dom at 12 and 13 in those scenes where they look like they are full-grown men. So I'm going to say that maybe Giselle was a child soldier that looked older. I mean, Israeli military, uh, you have to uh, have, you know, performed or not performed, uh, enroll, enlist in the Israeli military at 18. So maybe she presented a little bit older and she was a bit younger and they got her in there and, you know, she was trying to show, oh, I'm actually not 18. And like, we don't believe you just trying to get out of doing your due diligence of service. And that's how it all happened. So honestly, I think what we have really set up here is an amazing backstory for Giselle. So when you say bad writing, I say, no, uh, this is writing that makes me lean in and go more Please, more please, more backstory, because uh, I do think that the one thing the Fast and Furious world is missing is how all these characters have been connected and we just did not know. I mean, that is really what they've done amazingly in this film. Like, you thought these were all disparate characters? Nah. Nah, they ain't. They ain't. They ain't. They ain't. They all have been working together, uh, but just like very closely <laughs> 
<laughs> closely on the side of each other. It's like that dumb twist in fucking James Bond where they reveal, you know, like it's James Bond's brother. And he's like, I did the whole thing. I did it all. Like, did you really? No, you didn't. No one thought. You didn't think of that. No one was there in that first movie. If, you, if you're thinking about that in the first movie, yeah, great. Like the same problem with these Star Wars movies. You know, you throw all this shit in Ryan Johnson's lap. He tries to fix it and you fuck it up again. Forget it. All right. Uh, anyway, um, Jesse N. writes, all the talk about the missing space race or the space race con- occurring in Fast 10. I think he's not talking about the space race, but the race in space. Uh, and no one arrived at the conclusion that the franchise needs to end with Dom being launched into space and lost forever. Cut to the final scene of the movie. Dom is in a dreary prison. The camera moves through a menagerie of alien inmates to establish a setting. And we end with Dom in a chair having just had a procedure done. He dramatically opens his eyes and we see his eyes shine. It's Riddick. Dom is now Riddick, and it's all been a prequel to the Riddick franchise. Hell yes, Jesse. And you know what? I don't even need any other submissions because you, this week, are our winner. Hit it! Thank you, Honest Jams. You killed it right there. And Jesse N., you Really brought it all home. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, Thank you to everybody who wrote in, and thank you to Blue Moon, your crisp citrus taste with hints of coriander. Help break up our regular beer routines, and you've also helped our listeners shake out of their routines and given them something new and refreshing to enjoy and think about. Get Blue Moon or Blue Moon Lights Guide delivered to your door by visiting get.bluemoonbeer.com to see your delivery options. Celebrate responsibly. Blue Moon Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado Ale. Today's podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. I love Squarespace. I'm in the middle of trying to balance my business life and my real life. This work-life balance, it's tough, but Squarespace has been helping me by giving me the tools to reach my goals and have time to celebrate. That's right. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online with the guided design system of Squarespace Blueprint. You can select from curated layouts to styling options, optimize for every device, get your website discovered fast with integrated optimized SEO tools, Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. You can accept credit cards, PayPal, Apple Pay. Plus, with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about. You choose your tone and enter what you need to get auto-generated perfect text. Anyway, I love Squarespace. I've been building sites with them from the beginning. And when I launched my book, I said I'm doing it all myself on Squarespace, and I'm very pleased with it. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash bonkers to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. People, it is now time for part of the show that I call Paul's Pick of the Week. Why do I call it that? Because it's simply just that. Hit the theme! If you're bored and need something new, here's some things that you can do. Paul's Pick of the Week. All right. Thank you, Doug Hoyer. Uh, Quick one this week. If you are a parent looking to throw a cool party, or if you are just a cool fucking adult, I'm going to recommend something that I really loved, which is a foam party. I've heard about foam parties, uh, you know, at like Club Med or maybe in Vegas or whatever. But now there's a dude or a woman or a person who could just come to your house and do this. We created a foam party for uh, our five-year-old this week 
for his birthday. And it was the best fucking thing. Now, I didn't get in the foam. Did I want to get in the foam? Absolutely. But then I didn't want to be one of those dads who like got in the foam. Because then I'd be like that. I'd be that guy. Uh, and I don't want to be that guy. I, I, I want to have fun with the kids. But I'm not getting in the foam pit with the kids where other parents are watching. And then I have to be like, it was fun. I had to do it. I'm not that guy. Um, but we like the foam party so much that June and I are renting this person again to come and shoot foam at us for a regular party. We're going to, we're all into this foam party. Last night, like the end dancing, dancing some foam, get some foam going on. Uh, I think it's relatively cheap. Foam parties. That's my, <laughs> is that what I'm picking this week? Oh, I can't just pick a foam party. Um, I am actually working on something actually really, uh, I'm actually working on something that's actually, oh boy, where's my language going? Um, I am working on a brand new show. Uh, that is a lot of fun. You know, I'm a huge Clippers fan. And Serge Ibaka, who is a uh, NBA champion, has his own cooking show called How Hungry Are You? And I've just gotten into it. They are, it's kind of like Fear Factor mixed with um, like that Hot Wings show. Uh, if you like basketball, you will love this because he sits down with uh, Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard and uh, Pascal Siakam, the Gasol brothers, so many people, and asks them like really, really tough questions and um, gets these responses that you would never get from anyone else. So if you're a basketball fan, if you're a Serge fan, and Serge is like one of the most likable, I think he's probably one of the most attractive people I've ever met in my entire life. Um, so anyway... It's definitely worth a check out. I think you will you'll really, really dig it. And I will be waiting anxiously by my phone to see if Gary S. Thompson responds to me. Uh, it seems like people are really enjoying this connection that our friend made here on the show. So without any further ado, people, are you ready to continue Clone Girl Summer? Well, we are ready to do it too, because now that we got Fast 9 out of the way, we're headed back into this lovely, lovely world of colognes, doubles, and dupes. And we're going to talk about next week's movie. We went from a sexy bald man going to Central America to confront his estranged brother to a different sexy bald man going out in Boston to confront robot avatars. That's right. Next week, we are watching Surrogates. That's right, Surrogates. It is uh, set in a world where humans live in isolation and interact only through surrogate robots, and a cop is forced to leave his home for the first time in years in order to investigate the murder of other people's surrogates. Bruce Willis, Bring in the Heat, Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 37% on the tomato meter, and David Hildebrandt from the Philadelphia Inquirer says, the whole point of the surrogate society is to appear as perfectly beautiful as an avatar, so why would Bruce Willis choose that ludicrous blonde wig that looks like he plucked it off of a mannequin at Boscov's. I don't know what Boscov's is, and maybe that's a maybe that's a Philly reference, but I will say you're right. Like, I thought you were going to make fun of Bruce Willis. I'm like, you can't. Sexy man, you can't make fun of Bruce Willis. But the hair that he picked, Flock of Seagull style, like, what the fuck? What the fuck was that up? I mean, that, that to me seems like Bruce Willis going, yeah, 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 I want that. I want that. Uh, I once heard a story about, well, I can't I don't know if I can tell you that story, but I heard a good story about Bruce Willis, and that plays exactly into what I thought. Anyway, here, let's listen to a trailer for surrogates. Robotic human surrogates combine the durability of a machine with the grace and beauty of the human body. With most people living their lives through their surrogate selves, our world has become a safer place. Take a seat in your stem chair. 
And just with the power of your mind, you can control your surrogate and send it out into the real world. You can finally live the life you've always dreamt of without any risk or danger to yourself. We are confronted with an unprecedented situation. Two people have died while connected to their surrogates. I think we may actually have a homicide here. First one in 15 years. The public cannot be allowed to get the idea that using a surrogate can be fatal. Especially if it's true. You can watch Surrogates on Cinemax and Amazon Prime, or please check your local public libraries where you can find these movies for free. And now it is time to tell you to do the one thing that I ask of all time, which is rate and review the show. Please, it helps. And you can follow us on all of our social media pages. Make sure you check us out on Discord. And if you want to listen to the show, including new episodes, commercial-free, you can do that at How Did This Get Made uh, on Stitcher Premium. You just use the offer code BONKERS to get a free one-month trial. You'll hear all of the old episodes commercial-free, all the new episodes commercial-free. A big thank you to Devin, our audio engineer, who brought the heat this week, Cody our super producer, she's out of town. Devin stepped up. And you know who helped Devin? Our MVP of all time, Molly Reynolds. Two of them, they joined forces to create uh, an amazingly easy experience for me to do this uh, without Cody, who is our super producer. And a big hats off, tip of the hat, uh, tip of the hat, and then actually take it off to July Diaz for making sure this all sounds great. Uh, thank you to everybody at Earwolf, and we'll see you next week for Surrogates. Surrogates.